and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better. This is your day three Cheltenham Festival preview and a little bit like my camera if you're watching on YouTube. Everyone's a little bit hazy at this stage, but it's actually only the end of day one for us because we are recording this just before day two kicks off. So again, we just need to set that as a precedent. The ground may change, of course, but we are now previewing day three of the Cheltenham Festival with the boys. TC, you're laughing away there. How's your week going so far? Well, it was going all right till Marla Mission fell over to it. Oh, uh, yeah, I've watched it back this morning and perhaps he, he was weakening, but oh, it's killer. It's the, it's the not knowing that kills you in this game, isn't it? But uh, brilliant day yesterday. Who's got some sound going on in the background? Dan Barber. room, I'd say. Dan room, Barber. Barber. Probably me and Baz. Get on that mute button when you're not on, Barber. Come on, Barber. Yeah, You've got sound me, issues. Um... I've got video issues. It's all kicking off. Um, Kev Blake, quick check-in. How are you doing? Yeah, super. I, I'm just amazed by the wonders of technology, Vanessa, that your camera can convey the inside of your brain. <laughs> I'd imagine that it's all a bit scrambled after day one. But uh, no, wonderful day yesterday. Geez, privileged to be there now. And I don't say that lightly. Absolutely magic. Um, I, I couldn't talk after the mayor's heard. I just couldn't believe that that happened. Um, and that's before you even talk about Constitution Hill. So, hey, we'll be struggling to top that for the rest of the week. That hour of racing, it was just unbelievable. I was yeah. there and I was watching on TV. It was absolutely spellbinding hour, wasn't it? Unreal. Great to be there. Real pleasure. But we'll be discussing all of that, of course, on Wade In come Monday. This show is about looking ahead, not backwards. Isn't that right, Dan Barber? Yes, absolutely. It was an unbelievable day. I like what the other two said. Uh, other three actually include you in that, Vanessa, because you were very positive too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for that, Dan. Cheers. All right, let let's move on to day three, shall we? Because we kick off with the Turner's novices chase, and Mighty Potter has been at the top of this market for a very long time. He is the even money favourite now, taking on Appreciate It at two to uh, seven to two, Bambridge seven to two, Balco Coastal ten, Stage Star tens, uh, James the Burley eighteen, Unexpected Party fifties, and a few bigger priced horses in there. Kev Blake, we will come straight to you. Does anything beat Mighty Potter? I find myself in a similar spot to the, to the Brown Advisory the day before in that, like, I do really like Mighty Potter. I've always really liked him. And I, I, I don't want to pick at him too much, but he's just a little bit sharp for me. Um, and I'm going for Appreciated, who I think should be much closer to him in price. Um, like, like, this is a very good, he's always been a very good horse. Won the champion bumper, won the Supreme Novices. His, um, his first two starts over fences were, were excellent. And I, I'm very forgiving of his run. Like, you don't have to be forgiving. He ran very well. But like he, I was impressed when he was able to stay up in the teeth of a of a really well run Irish article that um, that obviously got a big boost yesterday with El Fabiolo following up. Like he hung in there for a long way, and for a horse that, that is surely going to relish, you know, this mid range trip and maybe even further. So like he finished third, but I read that really positively. I think he'll love to step up and trip. He'll find the rhythm of the race much more to his liking. And I think he's a very solid bet against the Fav, who have nothing against, but appreciated as the right price, whereas Mighty Potter's a bit short. Okay, I understand that logic, but I just hope and feel that a bit like uh, in the article with El Fabiolo, uh, Mighty Potter's the class act in there, and I think class is going to rise to the top. TC, do you agree that appreciate it is the sort of price that people, if they sort of can see the angle in, should be taking? 
Yeah, I, I can I can see any angle into this. I mean, the way I've played it, I've, I've been playing stage star um, and Balco Coastal each way, uh, anti-posts, and I was hoping less than nine would turn up here. I was hoping a, a few less. and um, But yeah, that's the way I played it. I'm not sure I'll be pressing up. I might Dutch them both at about 12 to 1 plus on the exchange. Uh, I've laid Mighty Potter at 2.3 um, when the markets went up uh, on Tuesday for this. Uh, I'm happy with that. I'm happy having the field running for me um, around about eight to eleven, around about eight to eleven, four to five. Uh, so that's the way I played it. I, I don't think the the form show by Balco Coastal and um, Stage Star is a million miles away um, from from Mighty Potter. Uh, certainly not on the clock as well. So yeah, that's the way I played it. I've laid Mighty Potter smallish around about two point three, and I've and I've backed. Uh, Balco Coastal and Stage Star anti post. Uh, I'm not sure I'll be pressing up, but uh, yeah, that's the way. I, that's the way I want it to happen. I want the favourite to blow out and either of those two to win. I'm sorry, okay. Vanessa. I should I should have said that. Look, if the if the rain comes, that they, they seem to be expecting that there's a chance Banbridge won't run, um, and, and that will take well, a chunk yeah. out of the market. Um, that that'll be a decision on the morning now. But um, you know, Joseph has said in the in the run up that if the rain did come. And he could come out and, and wait for Fairy House, what used to be the Paris Gold Cup. So just, just be aware of that because there'll be a hefty old rule forward there. It's just, just about the rain. I mean, there is rain, rain we're recording this Wednesday morning. There is rain during um, mid-afternoon on Wednesday, and it seems to be pretty uh, persistent through into Thursday, if not if not really massive doses. Oh, God, Don't that doesn't sound very nice for those that, of us that are going to be there. But anyway, Dan Barber, talk some sense here. Surely Mighty Potter is just a class act. A class is going to rise to the top. We can overcomplicate things, but this is it. Oh, yeah, well, I think I don't think there's masses between him and appreciate it in terms of natural ability, but I think Mighty Potter is clearly the more solid of the pair. I just for a time worries about whether appreciate it's going to keep holding his form. He's nine. He hasn't stood a great deal of racing. It's the year after the Supreme. Mighty Potter, what are people using to beat him? Uh, that performance at Cheltenham last year, which I think was a write-off. God, had a really quiet time. And he clearly didn't run his race. Thinking if there was an each-way horse, it might be Balco Coastal, as TC's half mentioned. I mean, I think that's silly ours in good form. And it could get a very timely boost when Jerry Colom runs in the Brown Advisory on, on the Wednesday. Absolutely no idea what day it is. I'll just add that. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, but I'm finding him again a very hard favorite to knock. I think he's an absolutely everything right. And one thing I would say if the rain comes, I'm not sure that's in favor of Balco Coastal, whereas I don't think it would bother Mighty Potter at all. Mm. And Vanessa, very, very, very quickly, just at, at a million to one, um, not long till May, hasn't got a mention of anyone, um, at all, ever, seemingly. But like, he's been fiercely impressive in, in his last two in, in handicap chases in Musselburgh, and he, he jumps left and he's been doing very well around Musselburgh despite it. Um, look, giant step up in class, but he'll literally be 100 to 1. And like, he was really impressive off a mark of 134 last time. Completely different game here, but if there was one to outrun their odds, um, it could well be him. Okay, we don't mind a big price swing just thrown in there. Let's move on to the Potemps final next race on day three. And we have a full field of 24 going to post. So we won't rattle through them all, but your top three in the betting is thanks for the help for David Pipe, nine to two, Maxim in there for Gordon Elliott at sixes, and walking on air at sixes for Nikki Henderson. Obviously, so much other. Uh, interesting horses in here but TC I'm going to come straight to you because it was you that was so impressed with thanks for the help when he won the qualifier
par at Chepstow. You thought he might get a stone for that. He only got £11. Um, do you still see the case for him? He's he's fairly short for a race like this now at 9-2, to two, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's well handicapped, but uh, this is obviously a much deeper race. Uh, but, you know, you can't you can't dismiss his claims here. I mean, I've got nothing against the top three in the market, Maxim. I didn't get the run of the race last time. Obviously, usually impressive before that. Uh, walking on air, can definitely see that. I mean, they thought, you know, it was second favourite for the Ballymore and Supreme after winning at Newbury. Second of all to, to, to catch fire this season, but he did so at Exeter last time and they think, you know, there's more to come from him. But I've had one bet in the race and it's the horse that finished third to walk in on air at Exeter and that's Mocha de Vassi. Um, Sportsbook are playing six places here. I'll back Mocha de Vassi, uh, 50s each way. Um, he shaped quite well behind uh, walking on air last time. It was only beating six lengths and he took a while to get going. I mean, his, his inability to travel early on in, through that race worries me a little bit in this kind of contest because you wouldn't want to get too far back. But um, he's only lightly raced. Uh, I think a mark of 125 is decent. Uh, and what I love about him, he's got two good runs at Cheltenham to his name. Uh, he was second in the Triumph Hurdle trial last season. And he was he, he caught the eye when staying on to fifth in the Ballymore trial this season behind um, um, the name escapes me, the Sid Hosey horse. I rocked my way. Uh, yeah, I thought come up, mark of 125, lightly raced. And I love the fact that the James Williams uh, uh, horses, they learn on the job. So, yeah, um, stuck on really well at Exeter last time. I I wouldn't be laying him at 50. So, yeah, I backed him at 50s each way, uh, six places, Mocha de Bassi. OK, yeah, we should flag up the extra places, six places here with Betfair. And as a TC has said, Mocha Devasi for Jane Williams is currently 50 to 1 on the sports book. Beat that, Dad Barber. Can't, predictably. I'm a fab backer over here. Um, <laughs> Mark, the way I... Nothing wrong I'm, with that after Tuesday. Good. Bookmakers yeah. took a took a right during, didn't they? Yeah, mm. that guy had done the nail thing would have. Left a very sour taste, wouldn't it? Um, now, my first thought was, oh, Antio is really solid. He represents the shoot first form, as does Salvador Ziggy. But then I looked and I saw he was only eights, and I would want bigger than that. I'd want double figures. We've not seen him for five or six months. And ultimately, he comes down the horse to me, the horse that's been favourite for this for ages and isn't favourite now, and it's Maxim, because obviously less so what he did last time, but he did have an excuse. He came back with the greys and he was badly hampered on the, on the inside rail when things got tight. But he was so impressive first time. And I think his progress this season may be a point to Corbett's cross uh, at some stage as well because he's had the same trainer change and he just completely flourished. I think he's well worth another chance. And again, he's not favourite for a race, which I think he should be favourite for. And he has been favourite for for so much of the lead-up. Kev, do you think Maxim should be favourite? Um, sure, look, he has to be there, doesn't he? Like, like he got a fairly miserable run last time. I don't think anyone was upset, really. Um, like, he just got badly shuffled after the second last, didn't he? So, um, it wouldn't be a shock, but look, he did take an awful whack in the weights for, for doing what he did the time before. Um, and sure, look, there's a few you can make a case for. I can make a case for Good Time Johnny, who's clearly been, um, you know, lined up for this as, as pretty much all of these have, but very eye catching last time over an inadequate trip. Um, Coulter is an interesting one at a big price. He, he sorely tempted me now. Um, used to be trained by Dermot Weld, who like was in you know septic form last season. 
and I switched to Roger Fell and ran very well in the qualifier. He ran very well in a Boodles one time. Um, so I wouldn't rule him out, but Al Talior is the one I keep coming back to because look, I love shoot first for this race. I, I thought he was he was a really good fav for, for attempts, which is unusual. Um, and this fella represents the same form line, and he kind of sneaked quietly into third behind shoot first um back in October and has been put away. Um and I've heard his name mentioned a fair few times now in, since I've been over here since Monday. I um, have not heard him mentioned at all. He's been, Chanjo is keeping it very much under his hat. But um, confidence levels are seemingly quite high. And look, you can see the case with him. Like he, he started off from a very low base, very progressive last season. Um, you know, it is will need a career best effort now, but the way he shaped in the qualifier at Cheltenham suggests that he might well have more in him. And um, Dan's right. Look, he has shortened. He was 16 to 1 only up until a few days ago. But um, with shoot first having come out, uh, I think he's he's not unreasonable at his current odds. OK, not unreasonable. That's that's fair enough. We will take that. Uh, let's move on, shall we, to the 250 next race on day three. I keep having to remind myself it's day three because, like Dan says, the days all merge. But the one thing I have forgotten, as I always forget, and, and I shouldn't, bet 10 get 10 guys come on now that is the offer that betfair have look at that even kev's got the hand signals and everything that is bet 10 pounds on racing multiples and get a free 10 pound bet on racing multiples and this is the week to get stuck into racing multiples and not that any of you have noticed or congratulated me but my day one treble won how about that almost worth a tony calvin dams to celebrate Yeah, Calvin, get your dance moves in. <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I said before we came in out, I've never had so much grief about... So The irony is, the one day in my life I had a bit of fun at that preview show doing those recordings, and it's backfired on me massively. I was, sta- I was standing there watching you doing it while you were doing a TC, and I just thought to myself, he's going to regret that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the you point so is, smooth doing yours, yeah. The point is, is that he should have been celebrating my day one treble. So, yeah, um, I'm, you, I'm dreading was your bloody winner on Wednesday. I'm dreading it. I don't remember your treble. What was your treble? Yeah, what was your my, treble? My treble was El Fabiolo, Constitution Hill and Honeysuckle. Yeah, should, should look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, like, why not? You know, no. those high, def- high, def- high definition ran well for you, didn't he? I thought he was going to drop out the back of the telly. He was only beaten 10 lengths. Jesus, J- very jump, jump great. With high definition again. Yeah, didn't, um, like, didn't, like, didn't like the ground was the report. Anyway, that anyway, that's, that's the one back. for Monday. Guys, we don't need to look back. We need to keep looking forward on this show. It's because the racing is so good. We're just like brimming. You mentioned your treble, Vanessa. Jesus. Because of bet 10, get 10. <laughs> Ryanair Chase, Kevin, you're in. Which we can't see you blowing morning. smoke Come up on. your own ass, isn't it? Dan Barber <laughs> is sat in front of Barry, Betfair Barry, and we're getting the rolly hand signal. Let's move on. <laughs> Ryanair <laughs> Chase, Shishkin is currently five to four on. Blue Lord, six to one. Janadil, sevens. Fury Road, nines. Envoy Allen, twelves. French Dynamite, 16s, bigger prices after that. Kev, we will come to you because you are in such spicy form. Uh, you were on the preview night with myself and Rachel Blackmore over in Ireland at Betfair. And that what she said about Envoy Allen, I thought was very interesting. Just the engine is there, but we're not to give up hope on him. He can, he's obviously not a horse to be relied on now. But at a big price like 12s, could he run into a place in Ryanair? 
Sure, I probably could. You know, the ability's there. Look, he's he's unexposed over a mid-range trip in in open company. Um, but it's again, this is a tough race for us because you've got a whole load of, as was described on the Betfair Cheltenham preview, you've a whole load of Jamaican bobsled teams. Um, oh. with the with, with the with the big engine, they're, they're really fast, but the the rickety old screw at the front, you don't know if it's going to come off or not. Shishkins like that, Envoy Allen's like that. Um, really tough. Blue Lord like has has kind of sidled into this race quietly, having been fouled for the champion chase not a million not a million, not a million years ago. Um, but look, Shishkin, best horse in the race, huge performance last time. Um, if you're if you're pricing these. Um, solely on their last bits of form, you know, Shishkin would be shorter, wouldn't he? Um, you're just hoping and praying that Nicky can keep those screws all nice and tight uh, for the duration of this race. Because if he if he turns up in the same nick that he was in in Ascot, he, I think he just wins. And he was very good at Ascot, like looked as good as ever to me. Um, you know, none of, none of the jumping left that we've seen from him around right-handed tracks before. Travel looks so comfortable in how he travelled. You know, jumped great. Um, and look at the price. Like my my natural inclination would be to take him on, um, with the little concerns about about the screws, etc. But like I think the price is not unreasonable, to be honest. So like it, it tentatively, I'm going with Shishkin. Um, it, and and it would be it would be not it would be a nice result. I know Tony Calvin loves a nice result, and he's all sweetened up after the goings on of Tuesday. And I think Shishkin would be another nice result for my good pal Nicky Henderson. So um, I'm hoping that Shishkin wins. I think he will win too. Oh, something about him makes me well. I know I was going to say something about him makes me nervous. I know exactly what about him makes him nervous. The performance when he had the problem here. Uh, back in Cheltenham in the champion chase, Dan. And you know when you're scarred by something and I just can't really get over it. I know he had a problem. Yeah. I know all the facts. I know the performance he put in last time. But I'm I'm nervous about his reliability now all of a sudden. Yeah, it's weird. People have gone from writing him off after a very small sample size of one or two runs and the Tingle Creek. I don't know. It was an okay run. It wasn't up there with anything like his best. But now they've gone from saying, well, he's, purely converted based on one performance but what i would do i'd take the short prices out of it and i'm going to sound like a company shield but i think it's a race to lengthen the odds because i think essentially if he runs his race he will win by clear daylight because i think this is a weak race uh, okay. i see five lengths or more is 15 to 8 that would interest me and there's an eight lengths or more 100 to 30 and i don't think that's beyond the realms either because i think they'll go a, a good gallop it will test them. The ground might be affected by this stage if the rains got into it and he wasn't stopping at Ascot. So that'd be my way. I'd rather take a chance at a bigger price that if he performs, he's going to win by a clear margin rather than worrying about backing him at odds on with that nagging doubt in the back of your mind that he could just run badly. Yeah. And if you're out if you're out of that mind, Daniel, I suppose we better raise the possibility of the Moscow Flyer approach as well, which we touched on in the preview. You could back yeah. him for the win and lay him for the place. And um and absolutely headbutt the wall as he finishes second, but um <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be an unreasonable approach either now. So I'd be I'd be of a similar mindset to you. It's a it's and, a poor poor bust as the man says. I know I know it's um sometimes a bit of pop about it being conservative, or whatever. But I mean, what a trainer! I mean, the handling oh, yeah. constitution here, the ability to get horses like Sprinter, Sacker, and Shishkin back when I'm not sure it happened in any of the app. Dan, this is weighed in content, not racing any better content. TC, you, you, yeah, of course you did. I could tell you got that. Um, TC, you were nodding away there with the length and your odds play. Is that something that you would be encouraging? Do you follow Dan Barber's trail of thought or not? Uh, not me personally, but I, I definitely can see the angle. I mean, there's been a lot of rumours about Shiskin's well-being and 
you know, after that Ascot run and he hasn't been easy to train. So the first thing I was going to mention to Nico was about these rumours, but he got in first when I rang him. He literally, first thing he said before I even asked him a question was, Shishkin is in absolutely just tremendous form at home. Now, whether he's getting his excuses in early, I don't know, but um, it was unprompted uh, and it convinced me. Um, they think they've got him bang where they want him. Um, and if he runs, we know if he runs to his two Ascot performances, then he will win this. Now, I played against him anti-post about Janadil each way. And and if you remember on Racing Only Better, um, we did a couple of months ago, I, I backed Gala at 66s and 33. No one I know better each way for this. So I'm happy with those two each way positions. Not sold on not sold on Gala at all. And Janadil, I've gone off a little bit in recent days because the more you look at his form after excellent comeback wins, it is one of regression. Uh, now, the doubt, the the opposite uh, angle to that is that he was, you know, very burly before winning at Gore, and uh, and they might have, you know, might have prepped him for this in a, in a different manner rather than having him webbed up first time up. But not a race I'll be having a fresh interest in, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay, let's move on then to the stairs hurdle. Blazing Carl, three to one, top of the market, but so many question marks about his well-being, about his season so far, and he's got all the ability, but he's clearly fragile for the Charles Burns team. Flooring Porter for Gavin Cromwell, won the race before, seven to two, second best. Tiupu, the improver at fours, home by the league, quirky as well, but talented at six to one. Classical Dream, eight. Gold Tweet over from France at 11 to one. Paisley Park at 14s. Ashdale Bob, 22s. A few bigger prices after that. Um, Dan, we will start with you for this deep but complicated stayers hurdle, I'm calling it. Yeah, like, yourself in a, like, like yourself and I said, deep but complicated. Yes, <laughs> Kevin, absolutely I'm, I'm that. Quite, that sums me up. Oh, he's I'm very feisty today, isn't he, Vanessa? Oh, Blakey. <laughs> I'm in great form. On Monday, we saw like amazingly emotional scenes, honeysuckle, and it won't be quite the same for obvious reasons, but I do think there's a chance that Paisley Park revives enough. <gasps> To, to regain that crown and that would be absolutely incredible because frankly I think that second to champ where they pulled 50 odd lengths clear of Thomas Darby who's since won races over fences off a high mark is the best individual piece of form this season I don't think his next run was a, that far behind it at all where all his powers looked intact to me he powered through the race late on as he does he looked under he looked flat on the home turn but you know with him when he's on song he's never flat out and he just ground his way to the front and went clear. I don't think Blazing Carl's beaten a very good horse yet. I appreciate he's got more improvement in him. Um, so I think his form is is fairly flimsy for the grade. And I'm not a massive believer in Tihupu either. And on a line through Classical Dream, I think we know where we stand with him on Classical Dream's merit, which is fairly well established. And Classical Dream was behind Paisley Park in this race last season. So I'm more than happy, particularly with the rain having arrived, and hopefully a horse that will take on Florian Porter this year and not allow him an easy that Paisley Park will do enough good light work to get in the three and maybe enough good light work to get to the front. I mean, I'd, I'd be high Love as a kite it. if that happened. Love it. Love that. 14 to 1, Paisley Park. I didn't expect anyone to tip the 11-year-old on this show, but there we go, Dan, and I'm here for it. What about you, Kev? Yeah, I'm going with Tia Poo. I'm happier now that the rain um, has come, slashes, more is coming. Um, it just removes that little question mark about the ground. Um, 
always liked him. You know, I think he, he was he was my my each way poke in the champion hurdle last year. It didn't work out, but he's looked um he's looked a better horse over longer trips and he, and he was always always looked a good horse and look I wouldn't be I wouldn't be hanging my hat on Goran Park last time it was it was a steadily run weak old race but he, he was very strong up the run in um his first try at the staying trip um ground's going to be no issue whatsoever he's he's the right type for this race like he's kind of a he's a little bit behind the bridle etc and I think um David Russell will um, benefit from having ridden him for the first time last time because he, he said he kind of he kind of surprised him. The horse surprised him. He thought he wasn't going that well, and they gave him a little squeeze, and all of a sudden he's in front, you know, way too soon. So I, I suspect he'll wait a little bit longer here. And um, yeah, I think he's got a great chance. Uh, Home by Lee wouldn't put anyone off. Um, Joseph seems particularly happy with him and his preparation. Um, as I've mentioned like a number of times, like I just if he does what he did last time, i.e., um, travel well. And, and hold his posse he must have a great chance um but that was the first time he's done it in years and um this is a different this is a trickier track to do that um you know it's sharper but more turning etc so hopefully um and i wouldn't put you off but uh, tia poos the selection okay tc everyone's tipped away from the favorite the current favorite mm. in blazing carl are you doing the same yeah, I've, um, you can't have been surprised how Barber put up Paisley Park. I mean, there's three certainties in life, a death taxes <laughs> and Barber tipping Paisley Park, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 as I mentioned on the preview uh, night last week in, in Dublin, it's to me that the price is about gold treat are just bang wrong. I mean, if any other, I know it's like aunties and uncles and all that, but if any English or Irish trainer sent out an unexposed six-year-old on his first try at the trip, and he won the cleave as he as he did. The gold tweet would be sixes tops in here. It wouldn't be elevens with a sports book and twelves elsewhere. It's just a bang wrong price, isn't it? I mean, you have to believe. I think it was a steadily run race, but I think the clock. I think the sectionals were were okay. Um, I think he beat the right horse in Dashiell Drasher, albeit Paisley Park back in third was was giving six pounds. Yeah, to me, to me, it's just a wrong price. I mean, if you believe in that one performance and if you believe there's more to come, uh, he's got youth and he's got unexposed nature over the trip, Gold Tweet is just a bang on price at a double figure odds. So, yeah, Gold okay. Tweet for me. I, I fully accept any number of eight could win this because it's that kind of race. But I think Gold Tweet is just basically the wrong price. Okay, Gold Tweet at the wrong price then. On we go to the plate, 4.10. So Scottish for Emmett Mullins, 3-1 to one market leader. Il Rodoto, Paul Nichols, 8 after that. Horton Calor, Willie Mullins, 9-1. to one. That's all right, Gino, for the Snowden team at 10s. Ferrero Bamboo for Venetia Williams, 10s. Midnight River, 10s. Uh, Dan, we will come to you first for your plate selections. Yeah, I'm loath to sit here and say a three to one. I mean, I've got that Cheltenham and Trenchfield where I thought so Scottish was such a potential handicap standout, stepping back up in trip, save for the race, massive run over the wrong trip against Boot Hill. I mean, that, that was a huge performance, wasn't it? I mean, he was about fourth crossing the second last, and he was only a length behind Boot Hill. And Boot Hill was basically, I mean, that, that was his half cup final. Conditions were absolutely optimal for him. He's held his form well at graded level since. Um, but he's threes now. I don't think his SP will be threes. If his SP drifts out to the sort of price I've backed him already at fives and five and a half, I might back him again. But as it stands, um, heart on sleeve, 
I'll go with Midnight River each way as an alternative because you're getting two to one the place part. He's got loads of strong Cheltenham form. He's clearly improving. I mean, it almost feels like a campaigning thing. They've just brought him to the boil steadily. Really good run when he went around the houses for some reason. Uh, I think it was in the Paddy Power, wasn't it? And then he built on the promise of that when winning a really well-contested race here um, earlier in the year. And, I mean, his strength at the finish, Il Rodoto behind. I mean, the form just looks strong. And, uh, again, I struggle to see a handful beating him. I think he's highly likely to give his running book. Yeah. yeah, the so Scottish view has been entrenched for a while. So just one thing there. Am I right in thinking, or was it another horse that the the they uh the Sco Scottish uh, the connections objected to his handicap mark to the ombud yeah. got a pound back? Yeah, but they're not, they're not getting it here, but they, yeah, they won, well, they, they won yeah, their yeah. appeal, but they're not getting it here. Yeah, they got one back. All right. Okay. Go on, TC, take it away. So uh, jumped in. Yeah, I, I could fully see the case for Sco uh, so Scottish, but I will not be backing horses like that at that kind of price. I'll back two in the race. I've been waiting for Aero Bamboo to get up to two mile four all season. Uh, this has been the this has been the target. I know we say they things very loosely about that because they basically all have been probably, but this really has been the plan. Waited to stick him up to two mile four. They got him in a market of a mark of 135, six pound lower than his grand annual third last season. And I, I think he's got a huge race in him. Uh, if he doesn't, if he travels a bit more kindly early doors, I think he could take a lot of whacking. But I have to keep on uh, that's all right, Gino on, on side. Um, hopefully, this stage style will give him the former boost. But, you know, back on a, don't think he liked Kempton last time, right handed track, back on a left handed track, back on the, back to the place where he finished a brilliant second to uh, stage style. Would have gone a lot closer had he jumped any of the last two fences as well. Uh, yeah, I've I've played it quite big actually. I've I've, I've dutched furrow bamboo and um, that's all right, Gino. I'm, I'm going to be doing a win only on exchange, and I've backed them both already at um, twelve and fourteen to one each way. But yeah, great, but love it, and really yeah, like those two against the against what I'm I'm a bit worried about the favourite, but I do like those two. Okay, Kev, you were nodding away there. Are you in agreement with one of those two, furrow bamboo, or that's all right, Gino? Yeah, look, it's an angle for me this week to, to favour the, the British trained horses in the, the handicap chases. I'm so Scottish, like he doesn't fit the typical profile in that, you know, we've seen him in Britain. Um, he's a higher mark to contend with now. But um, as TC alludes to, like he's short. He is short. Freiro Bamboo, like the case is there. Like again, another case of like really generous handicapping. Like nothing wrong with his four runs this season. And he's ended up seven pounds lower. Um, and they've, they've really taken their sweet time stepping him up and trip. And um, when he's been shaping so long that it would suit. So um, hopefully, uh, I, I don't know if it's patience or stubbornness, but one or the other, now that he gets up to two and a half and extend the two and a half, I'm hoping that he'll um, he'll capitalise and go very well. Um, great run in the, in the Grand Annual last year. And if he's in similar nick here, um, I think he'll go very well. OK, let's stick with you, Kev, for the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novices Hurdle, the four... 50, Lucia, 13 to 8, lots of joy, 5 to 1, under control, 8, Magical Zoe for Henry de Bromhead, 10 to 1, Princess Zoe at 10 to 1, you wear it well for the Snowden team at 10s as well. Um, everyone's latched on to this favourite after what she's done this season, and look, there's no getting away with the fact that she's been impressive, but surely she's going to have to step forward again on what we've seen of her. 
yeah, she, she's been very impressive, hasn't she? But she she's had it very easy. Um, like last time, she was just so much better than all of those. Like she's ended up in front like a w- way too soon. You know, she she's a low jumper. She doesn't have much margin for error there. And the one thing we know about this race, like million runners, like it, it's you, you need to be hardy and you need to know what you're doing. And she could well be very very good, but I don't want her at that price. The very best to look to her and her supporters, but um, no, I look elsewhere and um. It's not a sentimental call, but um, it, it, you know, um, if Henry de Bromhead wins this, it, it would be something something special. And uh, I think he's got a great chance with Magical Zoe. Um, Henry has won this race before, and he he made a really punchy call to put this one away after she won it down Royal. And it's worth watching that. Look, it was a long time ago. Jeez, the 4th of November seems like 10 years ago at this stage. But um, it, it's worth watching because like a, a fair bit went wrong. Um, was getting caught wide on the home turn, switched back in, um, then ends up getting hampered, has a bit to do, looks an unlikely winner, and under like a really ballsy right, Adrian Heskin, like mostly hands and heels, has got up and, and, and won snugly late. Um, look, she is similarly inexperienced to the Fav, but she's learned way more in, in her two spins. Um, like things haven't gone particularly right for her in either of them, and she's learned on the job. And like Henry... Like, like I asked him, like, well, did you put her away? I asked him, did, did you put her away because he wanted to keep her off winter ground? And he's like, no, 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 no. Ground's no issue with her. He just, she'd been, she'd been on the go for a little bit. She won her maiden hurdle in September. And he just felt that um, he, he didn't want to be, keep, keep going with her through the winter. He wanted her for the spring um, and for this race. So like, I think she's interesting. I think she's interesting. Yeah. Bear, bear, bear form. She's got a bit defined, but I'd say she could have it in her. And um, oh my god, imagine she wins the the, the Jack the Bromhead Mayor's Novices Herd with good God. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, for 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 form reasons and sentimental reasons, I'd be with Magical Zoe. Love it. Yeah, and I know shrewder men than you, Kevin Blake, who picked up this horse pretty strongly as well, Magical <laughs> Zoe. I wouldn't like Who's to that? mention their names on a different show, but I'm just saying. Ah, here. <laughs> ah, Unbelievable. Here. Um, we're getting told off for letting this lag over the 30-minute mark. Dan, take it away in the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novices Hurdle. I'll keep it short and sweet. Lu- Lucia, with her time form rating coming into this race, she would have been fifth in the Supreme, and that's without factoring in potential for further improvement. I think she's been really good in two and over hurdles, but the run that still sticks in my mind is that Sandown bumper. She won it by 17 lengths. The runner-up, Eva Grace, is a Mullins horse. who's not a star, but he's bona fide high 120s gave her a 17 length thrashing and was really strong at the finish up Sam Downs Hill so not concerned about deteriorating ground she's very professional and let's have it right I mean a lot of these are just purely making up the numbers it's a big field but how many can win four five okay all right four or five then um TC where did you land in the mayor's novices I don't feel like this is a race that you would have an ultra strong view in is it no, I, I think obviously Nico de Boimba was was really canvassing very, very strongly to get um, Lucia in the Supreme with a seven pound sex allowance. I think I think they dodged a bullet there and, and coming here, and I think she's got outstanding claims. But I think in the likes, I think in the, even the likes of Epitop got beat in this race, and it's a big field. You're going to get a lot of trouble. Um, uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't go overboard about Lucia around about the thirteen to eight mark. I I, I back the stable mate. 
Now, the sportsbook are only playing three places at the moment, but I suspect they will boost that to four or five near the off. So keep an eye out for that. But I think this is a race to play win only, given the size of the field. I bet the stable mate, a horse with no name, second to Love Embois last season on soft ground in this in this race, has improved on the flat since. Um, really progressive, rated 96 on the flat. Um, now, the problem is, she bled very, very badly on Boxing Day, and they've had a they've had a, a, a trouble one to get her back. But if Nikki Henderson gets this horse back after what was a, a pretty severe bleed, then this is right up there with his training performances. But she's around about thirty threes on the exchange. I'm playing win only a horse with no name because on pure talent, she should be around about a 12, 14 to one shot. And that you know that form okay. that form last season hasn't worked out too badly. All right, on we go to the last. That is the Kim Muir Amateurs Jockeys Handicap Chase. What a nightmare of a race this is. Stumptown, <laughs> 130 is the favourite for Barry O'Neill and Gavin Cromwell. Uh, Mr. Incredible in there for Team Mullins at 5-1 to one with more letters to his name than numbers. Same sort of applies to Angel's Dawn, really. Um, at six is next best. Dunboyne in there at 9-1. to one. Beauport as well. Uh, this is another race that I, just, I would be not going anywhere near from a betting angle kev do you have a strong view in this no i won't hold us up um i, I just have a windy opinion so i'll leave it to the lads oh a windy opinion yeah we don't need that on this show lordy lord tc do you have any strong view yeah th- i'm hanging my hat on the fact that the winner of this race gets disqualified for over use of the whip for those of you who backed three to one any horse get subsequently chucked out you are um, a misery tc do you know that <laughs> you're just an outright misery vanessa Drop- vanessa Vanessa, yeah. when it comes to cash and betting, you can <laughs> do everything. Else. You can you can have your Constitution Hills, you can have your honeysuckle. <laughs> it's all about the hard cash in the final analysis. Um, I won't I won't bore you. I won't bore you too much here. Like Kev, I I hate myself for saying this. I don't think Stumpstown's a, a bad price around about four to one on the exchange. So wow. after what he did at Sandown last time, I just love horses that run away up that hill. Uh, I think he's got loads more to give. I know he's effectively £10 higher, but yeah, stump town for me, and I hate myself for it. Well, <laughs> all right. And Dan, do you have a strong opinion in the Kim Muir? Yeah, I appreciate Tony's conviction with stump town because of that Sandown factor. But I don't, know, I don't think it was much of a race. Um, he beat a fair few horses that I'd have expected a progressive horse to beat, but he's still only six with the right connections to progress a bit again i'm going to go against something i always say but she's a rare example and that she's already proved she can do it i don't like mares and big handicap chase i think they mostly struggle but a knight in lambourne has already shown her suitability to this track she jumps really well she goes with bundles of enthusiasm she'll be out of trouble she's a straightforward ride for an amateur but she's got one of the better british amateurs for sure in seven and a half foot jack andrews um i think she's pr- going to be primed to run a big race. I know it didn't work out for bad for the stable in the Fred Winter on the opening day, but she's just really solid to me, and I think she'll she'll perform to her very best. In which case, I think she'll finish in the first handful. Okay, guys, it's naps time. Let's take it away, Kev. What's your nap of day three? What is my nap for day three? <laughs> um, where's my brain? Okay, um, okay, yeah, we'll come back to me, please. Jesus. We'll leave sorry. you for a second. He's been on such spicy form. His brain's run out of energy, TC. I, I What's switched after. Sorry, yeah. Um, I'm uh, Dan should be saying this because I'm dutching 
Ferro Bamboo and That's All Right Gino. Uh, they're my biggest mm-hmm. bets so far of Thursday, so I'm dutching that pair. Love it. Love it. Okay. Go on, Dan. Give me a Dutch. I go for the Petem Schweinel, and we'll have uh, the Maxim for Gordon Elliott, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'm back in order. I'm appreciated in the first, please. I've actually just napped last day. What a nap, just so I could say it. Well, I'm thinking it now. <laughs> What's your nap, Dan? He uh, just said it. <laughs> I'm going just because oh, the, the, de- the death taxes and Paisley Park line, which can be the name of the show. I'm going to go with Paisley Park win in place and hope oh. Barry doesn't throw something at me. And I'm going to throw in Magical Zoe as my nap because oh, yeah. Truder operators than Kevin Blake have tipped it, basically. <laughs> She's having a right pop at you this morning, Blakey. Ah, uh, see, that's what spicy, I have to put spicy, up with. Spicy. Um, <laughs> <Vanessa's touch. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that won't leave my effort. Uh, guys, don't forget bet 10, get 10 offer. I have a £10 bet on racing multiples and get a free £10 bet on racing multiples all week at the Cheltenham Festival. Get involved. Also, do not forget to gamble responsibly. Have fun. Go for your life, but do it responsibly. I hope you're enjoying the week thus far. As you can probably tell, we are. Thank you very much for joining us. That was Racing Only Better, our preview of day three.